Who's coming up? And welcome to this fun Friday edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We're going to get wacky. We're going to entertain you. We're going to educate you. We're going to hydrate, as you can see. And we're going to talk fantasy sports in the most fun way. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, Twitch program. My name is Dean Millard, and I will be your host for the next two hours of insane fun. Uh, we're going to talk baseball with Mike Wilner of the Toronto Star. You can find him on Twitter at Wilnerness. Lots to discuss when it comes to the races, fantasy baseball, and more in the American League. Ross Mongru is the GM of Legion. They're the defending UFAFL champions, the most realistic fantasy football league that you will find Columbus Blue Jackets are in our Dauber hockey preview today we will also have trade master 3000 top three question of the day games to watch and the fantasy doctor is in yes trust me folks I am a doctor now I'm, I'm more of a Dr. Nick kind of doctor from the Simpsons but trust me I will fix your fantasy team. The doctor is in every Friday. The fantasy doctor will be here. Along with a terrific guest list uh, we have, we're going to have a lot of fun today. On Fridays, we go a little bit away from the sports-specific uh, stats, uh, things like that, when it comes to uh, our top three and our question of the day. So uh, we will have a little bit of fun with all of that uh, as we go, and let's get into our question of the day Right now, and this is something that gets asked a lot, and, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, your answer might change depending on when it is. But what is your favorite time of the sports calendar? Oh, okay, so I can never pronounce this, is it? Maria, Maria, is it Maria, Maria? The, anyway, thank you so much for the cheer bits on uh, Twitter. I have sometimes trouble like uh, reading the double names. So anyway, uh, thank you very much for the cheer bits. Love everybody joining in on uh, Twitter and hope everybody's ready for the weekend. So what is your favorite sports time of the year? You can chime in. Oh, it's Maria, Maria. There we go. Maria, Maria, thank you so much for the cheer bits. Uh, on uh, Twitter, you can chime in at Duck Millard, at UFS Network. What is your favorite sports time of the year? Like, right now, probably because you have everything going to be happening at the same time. Also, though, I'm in the 
I'm in the I'm a big U.S. Open fan, so this is my favorite time of the year. You have the anticipation of hockey, baseball, football, the U.S. Open ends, and then um, or hockey, basketball, and football, and you have the baseball race. October is great. The only thing I don't like is it's going to be freezing cold here. Like people are already complaining it's 15 degrees Celsius. So, you know, I, I love this part of the year. Don't get me wrong. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs and getting out, but I'm I'm more inclined to stay in, cook a big pot of chili, watch football, basketball, baseball, and hockey at this time of the year in the U.S. Open when it uh, runs out. So I want to know, what you think uh, is the what is your favorite sports time of the year? Uh, you can chime in on our Twitch uh, chat. You can also get me on Twitter as well. Now we're getting some fun things coming in for Trademaster uh, Three Thousand as well, and our top three, uh, which we are going to get to right now. And we're having some fun today because it's the Sandman's birthday. Oh, yeah. How can you know? Like, Adam Sandler is in my top five of favorite actors because he makes me laugh. So what we're doing today in honor of the Sandman's 56th birthday is we are asking you your favorite Adam Sandler movies. You know what? I don't even think I have an Adam Sandler drop in here. That's really weird. He's like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something in here that says Adam Sandler, but I can't find one. So anyway, uh, I'll get something. What are your top three Adam Sandler movies? Jamie Thomas, who's a guest every Monday, chiming in. Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Anger Management. I'm going with Big Daddy. I laughed so hard at this movie with my friend Darla. I thought we were going to get kicked out of the theater. It's one of those cheap theaters in Red Deer. It was just, oh, the, the, just the crazy eyes from uh, Steve Buscemi when he goes down in the cart. It was just so fun, or rollerblades. Happy Gilmore, obviously. Uh, the, the price is wrong. Bleep. Yeah, we don't swear on this show. What are we? We will not swear. I loved Funny People because it showed a different side of Adam Sandler. There's so many great comedies, but I loved Funny People just for uh, the entertainment or, or the, uh, the change, the, the difference. Daddy Omas says NFL playoffs. So that's his favorite time, or that's their favorite time. Hustle was a terrific movie, they say. Great chemistry uh, with Bo Cruz. Giancho Hernan Gomez. I really want to see Hustle. I love Sandler's, like, he signed, like, a deal with Netflix to just pump out a bunch of movies. Like, Ridiculous Six was silly and funny, but I like the characters. Uh, on this list, Big Daddy, love Mr. Deeds. I love Mr. Deeds. You know who I love in is John Leguizamo. Very fast in Mr. Deeds. I like it. Not a pop people like it. I think Sandler is awesome. So keep them coming. Your favorite Sandler lists. Uh, we will get into the sports talk right now with your big stories of the day. Uh, okay, so today is the deadline For Lamar Jackson, his unofficial deadline with the Ravens front office to get a multi-year extension. 
And it seems like uh, Lamar is like really drawing the line in the sand here. Like it's all or nothing representing himself looking for Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. And then the Ravens on the other side saying, no, like we're not going to, we're not going to cave to public pressure. If this goes, it's going to be a bunch of one-year deals. And how, like, you know, betting on yourself is one thing in some sports. Betting on yourself in football, I just don't think it's a good idea. Because so many guys get injured. That freak injury. Yeah, it's it's for me it's scary. Signing a lot of these one-year deals, especially as a quarterback that plays that style. Now, like today this year it's 23 million. Franchise tag would get him to just over 45 million, and then if they did it again in 2024, it put him up over almost 55 million. And then put him in line uh, overall for one twenty two eight million. So I I just I just think betting on yourself as a, a quarterback like that is not a good idea. I'm not saying he doesn't have the talent, but how do you control injuries? Sign long term deals if you're going to play football. Darren Waller, by the way, and the Raiders are close to an extension to keep the 29 uh, year old a few more years in silver and black. Uh, you know, it's funny. You got Lamar Jackson on one side and guys in salary cap leagues are like chewing their fingernails, wondering what the heck's going to go on. And you got Lamar Jackson representing himself. So the Ravens are loving it. The Raiders, not so much. Drew Rosenhaus is the recently hired agent for Darren Waller. And this is going to try and put him atop of George Kittle, 15 million AAV and 40 million guaranteed are the uh, current highs at the tight end position. So Waller's going to want more than Kittle. And who would you bet on getting the deal they want? The guy with Drew Rosenhaus as his agent or the guy representing himself? And I'm not taking anything away from how smart Lamar Jackson is. He's not a lawyer, an NFL agent. He has not negotiated thousands of these contracts. I know you don't want to give up the percentage, but you're going to make more, in my opinion, with a really strong agent in my opinion. Now, watch Lamar Jackson sign a massive deal before the end of this show, and I will have uh, a lot of egg on my face. Larry Fisher chiming in. Larry, uh, Happy Gilmore for me, followed by the water boy and Hustle as a new entry, I think. I'm going to have to watch Hustle. Maybe that'll be a weekend thing. Uh, water boy was good. Bobby Boucher. Pretty good. You can do it with uh, Rob Schneider. I like that one as well. Uh, so keep those coming in. Top three today. Uh, top three Adam Sandler movies based on the Sandman turning 56. What about, uh, we could have did all sports movies because what's the uh, the one where he goes to prison and then he plays football? Burt Reynolds was uh, the original. Longest Yard, uh, that one. So we could have done all sports movies uh, with the Sandman, but we'll expand it to, uh, to everything. And our question of the day, what is your favorite time of the sports year spring fall summer 
winter, the dead of winter. You know, my my least favorite time of the year was dead of the winter, January, February, Saturday nights. Oilers get pumped 6-1. Me and Hernan Salas or Connor Halley sitting in the uh, studio talking about the power play going 0 for 6 and the next guy that's going to be the superstar. Those, 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 that's the part of the season that sucks. That's the part of the season that really sucks. So Waller looks like he's getting a new deal. Lamar Jackson, who knows what's going to happen. This is the deadline. And the Bills bully the Rams last night. Like Cam Akers owners in fantasy, they're just filing lawsuits against the Rams and head coach Sean McVay. Three carries last night for Akers. Child, please. This is this is collectively how Cam Akers fantasy owners feel. Am I hot? Yeah, I'm hot. That's a crock of crap. Even Gretter thinks that as well. So that was a you know like the the Buffalo Bills came as advertised last night. Like they were shot out of a cannon, and Gabe Davis comes through. Just like Matt Bovey told us the other day here on this show. Matt Bovey uh, covers the Bills in Buffalo. This is what he had to say about Gabe Davis. Oh, that's not working. We got a, we got a uh, bad connection there. We'll get that sorted out. Anyway, he said, take Gabe Davis over Stefan Diggs because Diggs is uh, going to get a heck of a lot more coverage. I don't have that for some reason. Uh, didn't transfer over. So anyway, we'll fix it. He said, take Gabe Davis. And what happened last night? Gabe Davis rings in, hauls in uh, the first touchdown of the game. So when we look at last night's contest, and here are the guys that we had uh, as start sits, and I'll just tell you who the start sits are. Uh, we didn't start Singletary or Cook, and we didn't start Higby. Everybody else was a starter for me. Uh, Andy McNamara said, don't start Henderson. Well, if you didn't start Henderson and you have Acres, you are really upset because look at that. 0.45 fantasy points in the UFAFL for Cam Akers last night. That is awful. Shame. 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 Like Cam Akers owners during that game last night were just exploding steam coming out of their heads. It's some bull crap. Indeed. I can't believe that. It was weird. Like, you thought, okay, it's just the start to some weird um, style, you know. But they they all, they all thought themselves again. Just give the ball to the, the, the best guys. Now, you look at the quarterback comparison, not Stafford had an okay night, but Josh Allen comes through as advertised, almost a 50-point night. Devin Singletary actually came through with almost 10 points. So I said to sit him. James Cook had negative 0.6 points. So if you did sit him, that was a smart move. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, both strong nights. Diggs, 26.2. Davis, 18.8. You got to love your number two receiver getting almost 20 points. 
That's pretty good. And Dawson Knox didn't put up the uh, production again. This guy's probably only going to help you when he scores touchdowns. As for the Rams, as mentioned, uh, Stafford, not too bad. You know, obviously you'd like uh, a little bit more. Oh, Daddy Omes says Diggs should have had two TDs last night. Individual defensive players, IDP, Vaughn Miller, he was sharp last night. Akers, just, again, mind-blowing. Darrell Henderson, pretty good night, 14.25 points. Not sure you should expect that, and if it goes that way the whole season, then something is bizarre. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Cooper Cup led uh, all players, non-quarterbacks, 33.3 points in UFAFL last night. Allen Robinson was uh, disappointing. You know, we hyped him up as a big number two guy. Disappointing that he only comes up with 2.2 points. And I would have sat Ty Higby, and he would have put up 10 points. Uh, so the two guys that I would have sat last night would have had uh, over 20 points combined. But the rest of the guys, you know, and, and everybody was playing Cam Akers. That wasn't even, uh, uh, you know, everybody was going to play Cam Akers. There's no question. And you, and you still should. I'm sure, I'm sure that's not going to be the case all season. It better not be or else uh, really strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And really, that would be uh, some kind of bizarre season. So how did your fantasy night start out? How did your fantasy season start out? Chime in on the uh, Twitch chat. Uh, Tony says Vaughn was a monster. Trying to win the Super Bowl with three different teams. The only reason uh, he went to the other side. Uh, He was an absolute beast last night, as he usually is in a fantasy. All right, uh, we are going to chat some baseball when we return. Mike Wilner is going to join us. Uh, He of the Toronto Star covers the Blue Jays. This has been an interesting ride. Uh, The American League East, or the American League in general, uh, far from over. And uh, a day off for the Jays yesterday, and now they start a stretch where they think they only have two days off for the rest of the season. But a good start in September so far for the Toronto Blue Jays. Can they keep it going as they start a series against the Texas Rangers tonight? It definitely got some skill going on. We'll talk with Mike Wilner in just a couple of minutes. Get his thoughts on how things have gone as of late and what he expects for the stretch drive. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. Uh, we are back with Mike Wilner in just one second.
right, uh, 23 minutes past 4 p.m. Eastern. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard, and uh, just waiting for Mike Wilner. Uh, covers the Blue Jays uh, for Toronto Star, also a podcaster extraordinaire. Uh, he'll be signing in very shortly. We'll be talking about this, uh, you know, wild stretch, you know, 30, 27 days, whatever it is that, uh, you know, we might be uh, having here in the uh, the final stretch drive of the season, which, you know, for some people might feel... Uh, maybe a little bit different uh, because there's uh, a little more teams, but uh, I think it's just as exciting personally. Uh, and, you know, I honestly can't wait to, to see the stretch drive. All right, we have Mike uh, joining us now. Uh, Mike Wilner, you can follow him at Wilnerness, uh, baseball columnist, also a podcaster with the uh, Toronto Star. And uh, certainly, uh, Mike, uh, no shortage of uh, excitement in the last little while. Uh, you know, the reason there wasn't excitement yesterday is because the Jays had a, a day off. Uh, and I, I'm thinking that, you know, one day doesn't make a massive difference physically, but maybe, maybe mentally in this stretch, the day off was nice for those players, wasn't it? Oh, I think both. I think I think they really, you know, off days are, are rare and precious <laughs> in Major League Baseball. They've only got three the rest of the way. So um, that was the reason that that series in Baltimore had a doubleheader Monday, and they didn't play one game a day for four days because they really wanted to keep that off day. And, yeah, off days are absolutely huge. It's, it's so funny because um, – I don't think people miss hockey and basketball when they're only playing three or four times a week on the days that there are no games, but baseball, you're just so used to it being every day. Right. And, uh, and in a pennant race and they're playing well. And, um, that's, that's the kind of time where you want to keep going, but three off days in September are going to be very, very welcome. Two more now. Yeah. Uh, good start so far. Five and one in September, two of three from Baltimore, but, you know, getting excited is one thing. Looking ahead is another. Still six more games against Baltimore, including that one to end the season. Is that really where that wild card uh, will be decided, do you think? No, I don't think so. And, and just to clarify, they're 6-1 in September, three three out of four against Baltimore in this right, series. Right, right. But I do think that they'll be home and cooled by the time those last three games in Baltimore happen. I think that, you know, now they've... they've um, established a, a bigger lead in the in the wild card four and a half after that win over the Orioles on Wednesday night uh, and and I really don't see why they can't maintain that lead going into the final series of the year they're only playing uh, they only have six more games I think against bad teams they play mm-hmm. Texas this weekend and Boston later uh, and then it's all Baltimore Tampa Yankees Philly the rest of the way but I do think that they can maintain that lead, and, and I do. I don't see Baltimore winning 90. Like Baltimore's not going to win 90 games. There's no chance Baltimore wins 90 games. So um, I, I think I, I think that they hope that those last three games of the season won't matter uh, as far as you know securing a playoff spot. They'll likely matter for whether you're wild card one, two, or three. But I, I don't think they'll matter as far as knocking out Baltimore. Who would have thought Baltimore would have won this many games, though? Like this is yeah, well, Baltimore and Cleveland them. are crazy surprises. Yeah, good for them. Good for good for both of them. And uh, you know, Baltimore has accelerated its timeline, and and mm. they're going to be a problem. And uh, you know, it's 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 really possible that the next 
three or four years, the American League East will be Baltimore and Toronto, which is wonderful. Um, I, you know, never count out Tampa Bay, and the Yankees always seem to find a way to do something. But um, I had thought Baltimore was two or three years behind the Blue Jays' pace, and it appears as though they're maybe, you know, a year and a half back. Um, okay, so Alec Manoa the other night, uh, I thought was uh, extraordinary, uh, as he has been. You know, fantasy owners are loving the production he's got, obviously Jays fans. But even more important than just getting that win was, I think, eating up those innings. Like the, you mentioned it, the doubleheader, the bullpens were taxed. Just how important was a guy to go out there and say, I'm the horse, I got you, get on my back? You know, it's great to know that he's that guy who you can even count on to do it ahead of time, right? You can sort of arrange your bullpen a little bit the night before because you know he's pitching tomorrow. It wasn't as big a deal for Manoa on Wednesday because of the off day on Thursday. Um, so Jordan Romano was fine. Yimmy Garcia could have pitched. Simber could have pitched, whatever. But just to have him go out there and haul innings like that and dominate in the way he did, I think it was uh, 20 of the last 21 hitters retired by Manoa and the only one that didn't he had struck out and the ump missed the call and there was a double on the next pitch Um, so just to have a guy who in the back of your mind you're still thinking he's never pitched this much before Mm -hmm. this is a career high in innings he's never you know he's thrown in September once and we had to be careful with him last year Um, so you, you still got all that going on in the back of your head uh, to have him go out and shove on September 7th is is massive. And now, you know, the, you got Justin Verlander, Shane McClanahan on the IL right now, two of the guys that were talked about maybe the most for the Cy Young. Does that open in the door a little bit for guys like maybe Manoa or Kevin Gossman, or are they still, uh, you know, while they've been massive to the Blue Jays, are they in the conversation for the Cy Young now with those guys injured? I think they're in the conversation. I I I don't know if Gosman is because I don't know how many voters will just look at his FIP and how unlucky he's been this mm-hmm. year as far as bat ball contact but uh, or, or bat ball luck. But, you know, I, I don't know that the Cy Young should be voted on on those, those stats, uh, like what should have happened but what didn't happen. It's, it's an award for what was accomplished this year, not what should have been accomplished this year. Like Gosman is the leader in – all the fielding independent metrics because he's had such a, a crazy batted ball luck, but that's what's happened on the field. And that's what the award should be, should be determined on, I think. Um, but I, I think they're in the conversation. I think Manoa creeps a little bit harder into the conversation and depending on how his last four or five starts go uh, with Furlander and McClanahan hurt, he could really make an impact on the race. And man, wouldn't that be something in his first full season in the major leagues? Yeah, so incredible. Um, I, you know, I think when most people looked at this Blue Jays roster coming into the season, um, they were like, yeah, this team's going to hit. Uh, you know, what's going to happen with the rotation, with the bullpen? And, uh, you know, there's, there's so many things, but what has impressed you the most about Jordan Romano and, and the way he has progressed this year for this Toronto Blue Jays team? I mean, he's a beast. It's, yeah. it's really kind of been ridiculous. He's, he makes it interesting. He often makes it interesting. He doesn't have a lot of those one, two, three dominant nights. But, you know, last Sunday in Pittsburgh, it's second and third and nobody out in a one-run game, and he went strikeout, strikeout, strikeout to finish the game. Uh, 31 saves is incredible for a guy who, you know, two years ago, 
three years ago, in, in 2019, got Rule 5. They didn't think enough of him to protect right. him from the Rule 5 draft, and he got taken away, but luckily Texas sent him back, and that's the best move they could have made. Um, he has become incredibly reliable and dependable, and that's what you want in a closer. And, uh, you know, I, I at the end of May, when he had like 18 saves or whatever it was, there were still people who were saying to me, man, you know, the Blue Jays still need a closer. And my reaction was, you're kidding, right? They've got one. They're fine. It's it's really easy to crap on the Jays' bullpen because I think people are just so used to doing it. Sure. And it cost them a lot last year in, in April, May, and June. Uh, but this is a good bullpen. And this is, a, this is a bullpen that has like five guys that you can depend on. And that's really all you need in the playoffs. So um, they're in very good shape down there. You know, I guess people just needed to see it uh, over long term. That you know, they had a hard time believing in uh, right away, but now you should be a believer. And you know, you talk about that doesn't have a lot of perfect innings. I, I'm a I'm a huge Dodger fan. I watch a lot of their games. Kenley Jansen was like that. Kenley Jansen often yeah. got himself into a little bit of trouble, but could get himself out of it. Not every closer is Rivera where you just come in and lock it down. And that's not the worst thing. You 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 don't want it to happen all the time, but some very talented closers go through that, you know, quite often. Yeah, and it's not nearly as bad as as people imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at, at at the whip, walks and hits per innings pitched, um Romano's is like one point I don't know, it's below one. I thought it was 1.1, but it's not. It's 0.99. So in, you know, in his 53 innings, he's allowed 53 base runners. So it's not like he's putting two people on or he's loading the bases um, in every inning uh, that he comes in and, and tries to save and gets out of it. He's averaging just under one base runner per inning. Mariano Rivera for his career averaged exactly one base runner per inning. Um, nobody really does significantly better than that on a long-term basis. So um, it's, it's not a regular thing, but um, you know, the, the numbers that Romano's put up are as good as anybody's. Indeed. Uh, Mike Wilnan is joining us, a columnist covering the base, uh, Blue Jays and more for the Toronto Star. You can find him on Twitter at Wilnerness. And uh, th- those are kind of the, the cool stories, uh, I think, from the mound. Uh, but one of the best and biggest surprises has to be the play behind the plate. I mean, Alejandro Kirk is uh, among the league leaders when it comes to catchers and, you know, a lot of categories. He's one of the leaders in, in fantasy baseball. And you know, he doesn't have the, the gaudy home run numbers that guys like JT Riomuto and that, but he gets on base a ton and he doesn't strike out. Is this earlier than people expected, than you expected for Kirk? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like last year, um, you know, he spent half the season on the injured list, um, and he hit the snot out of lefties, but he didn't do very well against right-handed pitching. So, uh, you know, at 22 years old, you think, okay, well, this guy's got work to do, and he's got work to do behind the plate in, in his game, but the bat-to-ball skills have always been elite, the contact skills are, are incredible. Uh, there is power there. It just hasn't really, really emerged. But you knew eventually that if he could stay healthy um, and, you know, with, with his body type, that's always a question, especially for catchers. Uh, if he could stay healthy, he was going to hit eventually. Uh, was he going to be a, an all-star this year and one of the best catchers in baseball? Absolutely not. He's He's way ahead of schedule too. And it's been 
just such a blessing for the Blue Jays with Danny Jansen having been on the injured list twice and having a trouble getting going his second time uh, coming back from injury to have a guy like Kirk who not only stabilizes the catching, but who stabilizes the DH on the days he's not catching. Uh, it's wonderful. And yeah, it is, it is way ahead of schedule, but you know, he's 23, Vlad's 24 or 23, Bo's 24. Uh, this is, this is a Manoa's 24. It's a young group that's ahead of its time uh, in a hurry. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, Bo Bichette just rocking the ball in Baltimore. And it's kind of interesting when you look at this, you know, the wild card standings, if they stay where they are, they face Cleveland. If they sneak into second, they face Tampa. But they could also catch Tampa and host that wild card series. So there's a lot still to uh, still up for grabs when it comes to this, not to mention what's happening with the Yankees and Tampa Bay. I mean, this AL uh, playoff race is far from over, thanks to the extra teams this year. Yeah, I mean, thanks to the one extra team. Like, if, if there hadn't been an extra team this year, we would be talking about the Blue Jays being half a game behind Seattle and mm. a game and a half behind Tampa Bay, right, going into tonight, which is fine. You know, the, the, they don't have to sneak in uh, to catch Seattle. They're even with them in the loss column with a game in hand. So they just basically have to play as well as Seattle. They have to be a game better because they lose the tiebreaker. But in the old days, without the, the extra playoff spot, uh, there would have been a one-game tiebreaker, but now there there isn't that anymore. But um, look, the Blue Jays are a game and a half behind Tampa Bay with eight games left, nine games left against against Tampa Bay. So their destiny there is firmly within their control. Uh, they're only six back of the Yankees. That's a stretch because although the Yankees appear to be in free fall, a six-game lead at this point in the season is pretty healthy. Um, although it's less healthy over Tampa, who they're playing this weekend. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's going to be really, really, really interesting to watch. So, you know, if, if they beat out Seattle, they'll um, go to Tampa Bay. If they beat out Tampa Bay, then they'll host Seattle or Tampa or whoever. Uh, it's possible the White Sox are on fire. They could overtake Cleveland and knock Cleveland back into that wild card race. Lots of different things can happen. But there's there's lots of positioning races for sure. Um, that AL Central race is appears as though it's going to get really interesting. So, yeah, you sit here on September 9th with less than a month to go in the season, feeling like the Blue Jays are comfortably in a playoff spot. Four and a half games up is comfortable uh, against a team that they're better than. And Baltimore, but in the first round of the playoffs, they could still potentially play Seattle or Tampa or Cleveland or Chicago or Minnesota. Uh, so it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know that AL Central is is pretty wild. Cleveland, Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago, a game and a half back of Cleveland. And I don't know if any of those teams are going to, you know, get in the wild card chase. So it's like basically division or, or bust. I guess Chicago's seven back. But, you know, one of those three teams is going to win that division. And the other two are going to be on the outside looking in because, as predicted, uh, pretty strong AL East this year. Who do you think ends up pulling away on that AL Central? I think it's Cleveland, and I think it's Cleveland because of the schedule, as, as crazy as it is. You know, the, um, the lockout at the end of the season may, took away that first week and then uh, 
put the one series at the end of the year and the other series people had to make up at points throughout the year. That's why the Jays have two five-game series at home against um, Tampa Bay this year. One of them is next week. But Cleveland plays the last six games of the season at home against Kansas City. And, you know, it's unfortunate and it's not fair. But uh, I guess at, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you're playing the same schedule as the, the, play, uh, the teams in your division. Um, but to have Cleveland hosting Kansas City six straight times to end the season, to me, means Cleveland wins the division. Yeah, it's uh it's a t- it's a tough grind, but it'll it'll make for some exciting baseball. I think everybody uh is going to have a lot of fun watching this uh, final stretch and where teams end up. But Mike, enjoy it. You're going to have one of the best seats in the house and uh we look forward to watching playoff baseball north of the border this year. Yeah, I'll be sitting out there in deep left field watching every pitch and and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a blast and to have a real playoff um for the first time in six years, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Thanks. Enjoy it. Thanks for having me. You betcha. There's Mike Wilner, uh, who covers the Blue Jays and baseball for uh, the Toronto Star. Uh, and just uh, fantastic. It, you know, Arnie, one of the guys uh, in our platform, uh, basically said this is the guy who, uh, you know, got him to fall in love with baseball uh, because Mike was on the post-game show and did a terrific job uh, with that one. So Alex joining the chat saying, looking good, Dino. Can't wait to hear from Mike. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Arnie says, pennant winning Blue Jays. Really? Larry says, go Jays. Mike, always great stories and insight. And uh, Tony says, the Jays should be in. Well, if, if you listen to Mike... He says they're in, like four and a half games. He thinks that should be fine, even though they have six more against Baltimore. He thinks they're in already. It's just a matter of where they end up. And who do you want to play? You know, you're, obviously you'd like to finish as high as possible to get home field and host whoever it is. But if you're not going to do that, wouldn't you rather play like Cleveland or Minnesota or Chicago as opposed to Seattle or Tampa Bay? Arnie says, Yankees fans, feel free to listen to Mike so you know his voice when you cheer for the Jays as they go ahead and play for the World Series. Wow. Arnie thinking the Jays are going to the series. And um, Alex says, uh, King Willie Gaiman, Alex says, Space Sluggers love Manoa. We weren't sure we'd get him at 50, but looking back, that's the best pick we made, and I couldn't be happier. Tony says, easy, Arnie. Yeah, Alec Manoa. I mean, look at the Jays that we talked about. Manoa, early. Alejandro Kirk, early. Um, Romano, as as strong as he is. Like, you know, we've heard about Bo Bichette. We've heard about Vlad. We've heard about Biggio. The, you know, they, they could certainly use a little bit more health, but, man, pretty impressive stuff um, for this Toronto Blue Jays team. That's been an up-and-down season, no doubt about that. But certainly, um, they they have been much better. Six and one, as uh, he corrected me in in September. All right, uh, we're going to have Trademaster 3000 when we come back on the show. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Get your trades in now. Drop them in our Twitch message board, chat view, or hit me up at... Duck Millard on Twitter, 
Alex says Manoa drafted his 14th pitcher off the board in UFLB. Maybe bumps up a couple of spots with this season. It's been now. Oh, for sure. He's he's, he's a top 10 pitcher, I think. I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. But we'll get set up for Trademaster 3000 when we come back in about 30 seconds time. Uh, thank you very much for sticking with us here on uh, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. Great conversation with Mike Wilner. Um, covers the Blue Jays, uh, former uh, voice uh, for the Blue Jays. If you missed it, it'll be posted later on today up on our YouTube channel, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. You can also find them in audio format. Just search wherever you get your podcasts, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. All right, we had a short version of this last Friday, uh, only because we had computer issues and and power problems, but really going to hopefully have some fun, uh, hoping that you guys will send in a few more trade suggestions for Trade Master 3000. Yeah, Arnie of the Royal saying, uh, my official introduction into baseball was through the voices of Howarth and Wilner. There you go. You just got to hear a little Mike Wilner. Nick TVIP, by the way, chiming in on Twitter. Top three Adam Sandler movies in uh, honor of the Sandman's 56th birthday. Happy Gilmore, Little Nicky, and That's My Boy. Uh, really, you can interchange all of these along with Billy Madison, Grown Ups, The Waterboy, and Do Over. Uh, all hilarious movies. 51st Dates was pretty good, too, with Drew Barrymore. So the Sandman's uh, 56th birthday, uh, we are doing in honor of him. Tony says, three water bottles must be vodka for Friday. Yeah, it's like that old uh, up in smoke where the judge is drinking vodka. No, it's all water. We're all hydrating here. I don't want to cramp up in the middle of the show and then have to get carried off like LeBron James off the, off the set. Trish will be, like, carrying me off the set, and we don't want that. Andrea says, 50 first dates makes me cry. It is a little bit sad, but it has a great great ending. Great ending for sure. All right, let's fire up the old beast and play a little Trade Master 3000. All right, I, th- I think I think it's it's uh, finally ready to go. So how this works is uh, you send in trade requests uh, to Trademaster three thousand. Uh, we feed it into the machine, who I have to warn you can be quite salty at times. Just warning you, quite salty. So. You feed us the trades, we will feed the machine, 
and we'll see what happens. The first trade that we have to show you is a trade that went down in Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, this is a trade that we made, actually, so I'm really interested to see what the, the machine says. Uh, we picked up Axel Anderson, Cole Smith, and Carter Mazur. Mazur, a uh, member of Denver, U.S. national team, really, really strong player. And we gave up Jakob Silverberg to the North Stars. And so the reason we did this is we needed some cap space and, and we got younger and, and the North Stars trying to get bigger. Silverberg uh, just under two points per game. So let's feed the beast. And from a duck man's point of view. That's a crock of crap. Wow, they do not like the return. Trademaster 3000 thinks that uh, duck man's domination should have received more. Uh, what about from the North Stars? And this is all just random. We just put the uh, randomizer button. So let's see what we got from the North Stars. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. All righty. There we go. Thanks for the cheers, Tony. Appreciate it. Uh, and for everybody joining us, hello. Welcome. This is Trademaster3000. You can submit your trades. We'll feed the machine. Uh, feel free to scroll down, check out uh, our, our next shows, our schedule, and all of our social media handles. Uh, we are here Monday to Friday. So it likes that trade from a North Stars perspective, does not like it from uh, a Duckman's perspective, and, and, and that's okay. North Stars were busy. You might see them a few times on here. How about this is a pretty big one. The Yetis getting in and snagging Sam Bennett. So the Yetis get Carson Soucy and Sam Bennett. The North Stars end up with uh, Yegor uh, Sharangovich, Ryan Lindgren, and Tyson Jost. I'm a fan of Tyson Jost. Family lives in uh, my compound uh, where I am, just outside Edmonton. So nice, nice family. So for the Yetis, they get Carson Soucy and Sam Bennett. All right, all right, all right. Well, Trademaster 3000 certainly likes that one. How about from the North Star side? Igor Sharangovich, Ryan Lindgren, and Tyson Jost. All right. Let's uh, feed the beast. Hmm. It's taken a while to come back. What are you people? On dope? Ooh, not a big fan of that return from uh, the North Stars. So, there, you know, you win some, uh, you lose some. Uh, Trademaster 3000 continues here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Still to come, Ross Mungru. He is the defending champion of the UFAFL. Uh, we'll get into some uh, football chat uh, for sure with Ross. Okay, the Battlehawks and the Blades of Steel. Uh, the Battlehawks get J.J. Paterka. He used to member, be a member of our organization. A 2025 second-round pick and over 220,000 score coins. So that's like cash adding to a deal. That's the official currency of our league. What do you think of this trade? The, the Blades of Steel get Dylan Larkin and a first-round pick. So, from the Battlehawks' point of view, here's this trade. Zero point 
Zero. It's not like that trade from a Battlehawks point of view, but from a Blades of Steel point of view, they are getting Dylan Larkin. Here we go. Feed the machine. I said we got a winner. Definitely likes that trade. And this one was submitted to us from Gord of Thunder on Twitter. Uh, this next one is actually quite fun. You've got the, uh, this is a trade that was made in 2000 uh, between the Islanders and the Panthers. Uh, the Florida Panthers get Roberto Luongo and Ole Jokinen. And the Islanders get Mark Parrish and Oleg Kavasha. Let's feed the beast. Well, we're waiting. We already, feed, well, I already gave you the trade. I don't know why you sent that. That makes no sense to come back with that response. So, Luongo and Ole Jokinen to the Panthers. Trademaster 3000. Dynamite! Huge. That's huge. Wow, it really likes that trade. Now, from an Islander's point of view, what is the thought process? Denied. What we've got here is failure to communicate. What you doing, Bob? All right. Trademaster 3000, not a uh, big fan of that one as well. Larry Fisher, lots of blockbusters in the UFHL lately. Always fun to see Trademaster 3000's reaction. Salty. He's definitely salty. Uh, but, hey, what are you going to do? You're missing, uh, you know, it's, you're, you have to, you have to get the good with the bad with uh, Trademaster 3000. Just checking in and see if we have any late entries uh, coming in uh, for this one. And uh, we will get back to some uh, fantasy sports talk here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. So that's a wrap up for Trademaster 3000. Uh, time to, uh, Shut things down. The computer, it only can run for about 10 minutes a day. All right. Fun segment. Uh, something that we used to do on uh, late night radio. And uh, Every once in a while, you get a flurry of trades coming in. Trust me, when we did it with the Oilers, it was like Jesse Pugliarvi in every single trade uh, that would come in uh, for sure. My name's Dean Millard. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, to everybody uh, new joining us on Twitch channel, thank you so much for being here. Uh, hit the like, subscribe, follow us. If you don't like commercials, you can get a subscription to the channel and you get commercial-free programming. We are here Monday to Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., talking fantasy sports. We had some awesome guests this week. Matt Beauvais out of Buffalo basically nailed the Gabe Davis prediction last night to start the season. Mike McKenna yesterday gave you all the goods on goalies when it comes to fantasy hockey. Andy McNamara, Jamie Thomas, Larry Fisher. You can catch it all on our YouTube channel, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And if you're looking for the audio format, just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network wherever you find your podcasts. All right, so uh, we got to some uh, our top stories. Uh, now let's get to some Major League Baseball news, and then we'll get to some top-shelf fantasy performers before we bring in uh, Ross Mongru. Uh, Carlos, oh, actually, you know what I want to do first? 
Um, before that, I don't know where uh, my Carlos uh, Correa video went. Uh, here it is. Uh, so I want to ask this question uh, because Carlos Correa looked good last night uh, for the Twins. Let's see if this video works. So Carlos Correa, he surprised everybody last year. When he decided... A dramatic two-run home run by Carlos Correa in the eighth. ...to sign with the Twins. Spurned the Yankees. And he hit the go-ahead home run last night. Remember that offseason... The Twins got the Yankees to take Josh Donaldson so that they could sign Correa. And I don't think it's been a banner first year in Minnesota for Correa. Question is, will it be his last? Three years, $105 million deal in the offseason, spurning the Yankees and others. And he can opt out at the end of this season. So we throw a poll question up at Ultimate Fantasy Sports Net or Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, Carlos Correa. By the way, the uh, Warhawks loving it last night. Where will he play next year? The Twins, the Yankees, the Astros, or other? Twenty. It's tied right now between the Twins and the Yankees. So other is leading at forty-two point nine percent of the vote. But nobody's chiming in where. So chime in at UFS Network or just right on our uh, Twitch uh, message board here. Where do you think Correa ends up next year? Does he stay in Minnesota for the uh, remaining two years? You can opt out after the the next year as well. So we'll have some fun with this one. Uh, maybe Maybe Blue Jays fans are going to chime in. And it's interesting, he spurns the Yankees, and now the Yankees, you know, they could have contributed to knocking them out of the playoff race. If the Yankees can hold on. Bigger collapse, Yankees or Mets? Well, I guess the Yankees haven't fully collapsed. The Mets, I think, are a game and a half back. All right, when we come back, we are going to chat with Ross Mongru. He does a lot of things, this man. He is the GM for Legion, the defending champions in Ultimate Franchise or Ultimate Fantasy American Football League. He is also the head of horse racing for UFFS, which you can get in a fun league. We'll tell you about that. And he's the design extraordinaire. A lot of cool logos uh, he's done. He did our East End logo for the Ultimate Fantasy World Juniors. So. That's coming up next. And by request, we, we just had a request for a little uh, intermission fun. As I get Ross set up, just for you, Maria Maria, here is Mean Mascots. Ross Mongru on the other side 
enjoy the fun of mascots dominating on the football field. Ross is actually going to join us in uh, 20 minutes. Uh, so 
apologize for that. Uh, I got mixed up with the uh, times. Larry says, Ross, the boss, hopefully he shows up with some Legion bling in the form of a championship ring. That would be nice, actually, to, uh, to see the, uh, some sort of championship bling on Ross's body or even in the background. I still have, like, I won our fantasy football league last year that Jamie is our commissioner, Jamie Thomas. I still haven't picked up the uh, trophy. That's, that's kind of a foul. That's championship foul. Um, okay, really quickly, we're going to do our uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team preview in this segment, and then we'll bring Ross on at uh, 520. But how about the uh, look from the truculent owls in the Ultimate Fantasy American Hockey League? Oh, you didn't know we had AFL uh, or AHL hockey? Yeah, we're we're out to do every league possible. So this is the uh, – I'll get the uh, – Ticker out of the way for a second. This is the uh, AHL Farm Club of the Brutes. There's the Brutes logo right there in the bottom uh, next to the UFHL. And this is uh, this is inspired by Brian Burke. And the, it's just such a cool design with the from the tie to everything. So high-end work uh, on the truculent owls. Uh, Jesse Gill is the owner of that franchise. Uh, just uh, amazing work. Um, you can find all of our uh, teams and you can buy all of the stuff, uh, logos if you'd like as well, at uffsports.com. Just click in the shop. And starting next week, we're actually going to have some trivia, some giveaways, some contests where you can get your hands on some of this very cool merch. All right, so there's the Truculent Owls of the American Hockey League, the ultimate fantasy American Hockey League starting this season. Let's get to the Columbus Blue Jackets now from a fantasy perspective. And obviously some turnover this year for the Columbus Blue Jackets as they really shook things up signing Johnny Gaudreau. They're, they're going for it. They surprised everybody. They basically stole Johnny Gaudreau uh, out from underneath the noses of, like, the Philadelphia Flyers. So, obviously, Johnny Hockey is going to be the focal point, and like he was in Calgary, one of the top three stars. I went with Patrick Laine second. Um, he's kind of inconsistent. Uh, you know, he's... The one year in Winnipeg, he didn't score for like three months. But he's going to have, you know, one of the best passers, along with Zach Gorinsky, who's there as well. So I think Line is going to bounce back. I think Columbus is going to be good. I think they're going to add some pieces. So the West Coast Express, wicked logo, a little bit of a head tap or a tip of the hat to that great line that was nicknamed the West Coast Express for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Liney is a member of the Generals. And, you know, it's funny. The Generals, uh, we've actually talked to the Generals in our league about trading for uh, Patrick Liney at times. I think it's smart that they've hold on, held on to him because I think he's going to have a rebound season. And Zach Wierenski, uh excellent defenseman, no longer with Seth Jones there, and no longer on the Stingrays in UFAHL. The Gators uh, picked him up. 
As for a breakout player, I'm with Mike McKenna. Yesterday, Mike McKenna on this show picked Jonas Corposalo as a guy from that division to watch. Now, when you look at the numbers last year, Corposalo didn't play near as many games as Elvis Merzlerkins. Probably butchered that name. I think that changes this year. I think he's about to break out, and the Battlehawks would love that. And then you see the Generals again there with Jake Bean as my sleeper. Injuries are going to happen. Jake Bean's in a third pairing, but could pick up some points for you. So, bit of a sleeper pick. Uh, Larry says, this Columbus roster has a lot of potential. Keyword being potential. Now, this is what uh, Dauber Hockey is going with as far as line combos that they're looking at. Now, obviously, Alexander Tessier is not there, so this is... Again, I need to be updated a little bit. But you have Jack Roslovic, who came over with Line A, and Line A, and Johnny Gaudreau. That's a not bad line. I think Roslovic has a lot more to give. Probably uh, has frustrated some fantasy owners over the years. Does Patrick Line A take a run at 50 this year? Is this the year that he takes a, lot, a run at 50? You know, Cole Sillinger, terrific rookie season last year. 20 goals in a rookie season. That is fantastic. Uh, it, it, was, it was just so hot. He's hot. He is hot. Keep feeding that guy. And then you got Jake Voracek, you know, still a pretty good uh, passer. Can, can pack on the assists when he needs to. I'm not crazy about... The rest of that bottom six, I you know, I think there's, you know, obviously Ken Johnson's going to be a star, but Ken Johnson's not going to be a star on the fourth line this year. Maybe Ken Johnson doesn't even play in Columbus this year. I just don't know. Like, I would have picked Ken Johnson as a breakout player. I just don't know if he's going to get the ice time to do it. Just like we talked about, you know, with Dylan Holloway and the Oilers. I guess you could move Kent Johnson up into that Tessier spot. And I would start him there. So if he gets that bump, then he's definitely a breakout candidate. Decent blue line. Goudreau's buddy, Goodbranson is there. And then the goaltending. You know, the forecast is for Ms. Lurkins to, to keep going. I'm going to make a prediction. This was, you know, this could have fit yesterday with bold predictions. Jonas Corposalo is my breakout player when it comes to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Also, Larry says, love those truculent owls uniforms. Somebody said the darks look like Ninja Turtles. A nice throwback. I think it was Mojo that designed those too. He, he's done some great stuff. So the truculent owls. So what do you think about this Columbus Blue Jackets team? Now, obviously, uh, there, there's potential, as Larry said. Um, but from a fantasy point of view, how deep do you go in Columbus? I think you are, if, if you got Ken Johnson on the second line, I think you can go... Two lines. You can you can draft two lines deep off this team. You know, Boone Jenner scores 20 goals last year. Is that going to happen again? That's a bit of a gamble, maybe. 
And then the blue line, you know, you got Wierenski, obviously. Uh, Boquist could be a 40-point guy. Gabranson fills out some different categories, especially if hits and penalty minutes are, uh, are something in your league. So I'd say two lines, two defensemen, and then Boone Jenner later. Providing I'm I'm talking about Kent Johnson in the uh, in the top six, but I don't know if Kent Johnson is going to have the same sort of uh, impact, similar to what um, uh, the name is escaping Mason McTavish yeah, might have possibly in Anaheim. That's the question. Is Kent Johnson going to get that playing time? Certainly, if you're in a dynasty league and Kent Johnson is available, take him. Don't take him early, but put him on your list. I think Mason McTavish is going to you know, be a candidate for the rookie of the year this year, uh, William Eklund. I'm not sure Kent Johnson, you know, it, we'll have to see. He has the skill. Will he get the playing time? with that Columbus team uh, to be able to break through enough and get enough ice time uh, and, and, you know, get enough. We saw the, the, the skill that this guy had. If you watch the summer showcase of that world junior, or the summer showcase, the summer edition of that world junior, he scored the game winner, but he had all kinds of chances. The guy is a skill machine. You know, Mason McTavish is a guy that, you know, you could probably play anywhere in your lineup. I think Ken Johnson has to play in your top two lines. And if he's not in your top two lines, he should be in, in the, you know, wherever, American Hockey League or wherever, you know, he's coming out of college so he can play in the American Hockey League. Him and McTavish played everywhere last year. So we saw Kent Johnson play against men in several situations. I would be penciling him in a top six role in Columbus then after what we saw. But if he's not in a top six role, then he should be in the American Hockey League. What does Craig Button always says? The National Hockey League is not a training ground. So I see the potential in goal. Corpusalo was my breakout player. And like I said, I'd go top six and, and down. Now, if you're in a, a massive league where everybody has depth, like the UHA, UFHL, then you're going to be looking at some of the other players. But if you're in a normal, regular points league or whatever it is, uh, and if goals are more, then obviously you're taking line A. Um, but I would still take Johnny Gaudreau ahead of line A. Johnny Gaudreau is probably going to put up 100-plus points. I don't see Patrick Liney. Liney might get 50 goals. If you think Liney can get 50 goals, then you would do that. Otherwise, you know, if, if Liney gets 80 points and Gaudreau gets over 100, Patrick Liney is going to have to get 50, over 50 goals to make up that, that point difference, in my opinion. So if you're in your league, I would definitely be putting Gaudreau first, then Liney. Now, obviously depends on the parameters uh, of your league and certain things like that. But 
you know, not as many choices when you when you look at some other teams. I mean, you know, we did that Boston Bruins team, and there's there's and we talked to Mike McKenna yesterday. I was totally on board with the Jeremy Swayman pick that he made because I picked Jeremy Swayman as a breakout player. That Boston team, you could throw a dart and hit a fantasy player. Not so much on this Columbus team. You know, Arizona we did. Anaheim still another team that uh, is going to be good for fantasy, but not good in the real world. Uh, and not every team that's really good in the real world is good for fantasy. So it's it you have to obviously, you can't just snap your fingers and look at the standings and, and go from there. So that is the Dauber Hockey Preview. Uh, Dauber Hockey presenting our NHL previews. Uh, we are definitely hoping to get somebody from Dauber Hockey on this show more regularly. We'd really like to get somebody like Mike McKenna. So we're working hard, working hard for you, looking for sponsors uh, of these segments, uh, these people. Obviously, uh, their time is valuable. Uh, so we are working hard. If you uh, definitely are interested in becoming a sponsor of the show and sponsoring a segment, certainly reach out at UFS Network uh, or info at UFF Sports. Dot com. Uh, we'll bring up uh, the uh, contact information right now. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us uh, about anything, info at UFF Sports is probably the best way that you can do that. All right, uh, still to come, final two segments. We will speak with Ross Mongru, who is the GM of the reigning champions in the ultimate fantasy American football league. Legion won it all last year. We'll find out what happened in their offseason. Ross is also a uh, big time into uh, our racing, whether it's horse racing, uh, VR one. So we'll touch on a little bit of that. A little bit of everything with Ross Mungru, who also designs some amazing logos, including that logo that you see on the screen there, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Short break. We're back with Ross Mungru uh, after this. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, what do we have for you on this break? Oh, here we go. Check out how you can get involved in the Ultimate Crypto Racing Championship. This is going to be awesome. Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the Global Sim Racing Champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project.
righty. Uh, just past 5.20 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, 3.20 out in uh, the mountain time zone where I'm located. My name is Dean Millard. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. Uh, happy Friday. Hope everybody is uh, excited, ready for uh, another great weekend of college football. Uh, an awesome first weekend of the National Football League. Uh, man, uh, the baseball playoffs continue. There's just uh, a massive amount of stuff uh, going on. And uh, really excited to uh, bring in our next guest. I know he's excited about the football season uh, getting underway because he is the defending champion, Ross Mongrew, the defending champ. The champ is in the house, uh, the GM of uh, Legion. D- do you ever get sick of hearing that? Oh, I can't hear you, Ross. I don't know why I can't hear you. I might need you to uh, log out and log back in again and just make sure you have your uh, uh, headphones plugged in before you do that. So, unfortunately, we'll get... uh, We'll get Ross. That's the that's the weird thing about the being your own producer and director is you don't really get a chance uh, to uh, chat uh, with the uh, the people before they come on the show. So uh, Ross will get him uh, logged out and logged back in. Uh, we will uh, as soon as he comes back online, we will get him back on the show. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about what your uh, favorite sports time of the year is is it now where you have everything going at the same time football basketball baseball and hockey soon all at once is it the spring when uh, the playoffs uh, in basketball and the nhl wrap up the only thing about that is there's no football you obviously got spring training but there's no well there's cfl football i shouldn't say that there's no nfl and there's no college uh, all right, I don't know where we might be having a problem getting Ross on the show. Um, we'll hopefully be able to get him back on because he is, as I mentioned, uh, the defending champion uh, when it comes to the ultimate fantasy uh, American football league. Uh, while we wait uh, for Ross to log back in, uh, we were talking about Carlos Correa earlier and what might happen with uh, Carlos Correa. Let's check out some other uh, Major League Baseball news that could have a fantasy impact. Hmm. Having a problem uh, connecting with uh, Mr. Mongrew. Um, so anyway, some while we wait to get Ross back up, um, the Yankees have placed DJ LeMahieu on the IL, and they activated Nestor Cortez. The Twins beat the Yankees yesterday, thanks to that Correa go-ahead home run. The Yankees lead down to the American League in the American League East at four and a half games, the smallest that it has been since May. Tampa Bay coming to the Bronx this weekend for a three-game set. 
This could be amazing. And no DJ LeMayhew. Infield star. Oh, I think we got Ross back now. Uh, let's see if we can uh, hear. Yeah, I think we do. All right, let's bring him in now. Ross Mongru, uh, defending champion of UFHL, UFAFL. I can hear you. I can hear you, Ross. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. How did, does it ever get old hearing the words defending champion? No. no I, I, I'll let you know if it ever comes to that, but I, I don't see it ever happening. What did you do um, in terms of celebrating your title? Are you a big celebrator? Did you take the trophy out for dinner? Did you wear your rings around? Are you a bling guy? What was it like, uh, this off-season of celebration? Uh, it was great. We uh, spent the whole off-season getting ready for next season. <laughs> <laughs> no celebrating? Like, uh, no days off like Belichick or what? I, I mean, we... Uh, I hired two new GMs who I'm uh, really excited about. These guys have whooped me in every league I've ever played with them in. And uh, their names are uh, Scott Cairo and uh, Kurt Prince. And, I mean, he they both are just lights out when it comes to um, fantasy and managing dynasty leagues as it comes. So we're really excited about getting forward. But as far as celebrating – uh, I had a beer out of the huge cup that they uh, yeah. sent me, so that was about as far as it went. Okay, well that's it. You're 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 all business. And last year, uh, you were twelve and five. Um, you know, you benefited, I'm guessing, from beating up on uh, the Gladiators, the Resistance. Uh, but you beat who you had to beat to get that record. You I, I wouldn't say beaten up, because I think I went. Uh, I think the only team that. Every every that I, I think we're in one of the toughest divisions in the league right now. Um, wow! And Cam West has got done nothing but get better in the off season, along with the Kingsmen, um, and the Resistance. Uh, they're the thorn in our side. I, last year, every time we played them, it was a nail biter. And um, but but like I said, I I truly believe that this is one of the toughest divisions in the league. Yeah. John Madden Conference South, uh, twelve and five record last year. You go into the playoffs on a four game winning streak. Uh, let's let's just chat a little bit about. If you uh, look, if you look, if you go back to that, Dean, if you look at the points four in the division, you'll see that there there's it's all high scoring guys. Hmm. That okay. Let's well. Let's take a look at your team now, then, from last year, and and All you right. can you can tell us a little bit about uh, you know who the the stars were, who got you where you needed to go uh, as we kind of scroll down, and and you know Lamar Jackson obviously was your quarterback, but tell us uh, take us through your roster. And when and when he went down, you know we kind of were like, oh, what now? But then uh, Tyler Huntley came in and just was lights out for us as well. Um. A lot of these guys, we, we've made a lot of – we've had a lot of movement this year, and um, a lot of these guys are no longer with us. They're on other teams. Um, uh, I would say a, a, a big contributor for us was uh, uh, Trey Hendrickson for mm -hmm. the Bengals. He was unstoppable last year. I want to say he was probably third or fourth, as it is for edge rushers, in the league for points scored. 
Um, and he, he was a big, a big contributor to us winning. And of course, Michael Pittman had a great year last year. DJ Moore had a great year last year. Um, Joshua Jacobs is another great one for us. Uh, we're just, we're, you know, excited to see, see what, what, what our new crop, um, what we're going to produce this year as well. Well, okay. So what was the biggest, uh, need, um, the biggest concern, the biggest thing you wanted to get done in the off season and, and then we'll bring in your new roster. Uh, the, the, our number one target was to get another, another, uh, powerhouse running back, I'd say. And then after that, we knew we, after that trade, of course, um, we knew we were going to need to fill the spot that uh, we traded away, which is was a defensive end, and uh, we we did that uh, as well. So we're excited to uh, to see what what happens. I should point out as well. Uh, not only are you the GM of the defending champions, uh, you also head up uh, our horse racing uh, division, which we're really excited about. Uh, you're really into our, our our crypto VR one racing, and you design a lot of logos. Uh, you designed our East End logo. You designed that logo on the screen right now. So y- you are definitely all in on a lot of different things. Uh, it, it, was this the first and, and logo that you did? That we're actually. We're, oh we're yeah. That's right. 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 Was this your first logo? We are very excited about the F1 league. So if we have any F1 fans out there, definitely stay tuned for that. Was this your first logo that you did in the league? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. I like it. So let's talk about the team then. Uh, Off season, uh, going into this season, expectations. Um, You know, everybody wants to win. Repeating is hard. What's it going to be like for the champs? Uh, so with the off seasons that some of the big budget teams have, we, we, we know we won't be at the top going into the playoffs, you know, if we make the playoffs, um, we, we didn't get to spend like some of the other teams. So our, our average won't be up there with them, but we believe that all we got to do is make the dance. And like last year, if we make the dance, we, we can make it happen, you know? So week one, uh, I'm trying to find uh, oh, there you go. Oh, you're Bottom up left. against your, your, your uh, Achilles heel. Like how the, yes. the NFL had their schedule perfectly with all these rematches, the UFAFL exactly the same mirrors it with your, you know, it's biggest, you know, the elephants, you get a thorn in their foot. They get really irritated and you're facing uh, a massive amount of elephants in this first matchup. Did, did it get off to an okay <laughs> start for you last night or was it zero zero? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, so I will say the Rams won us a championship last year, but uh, last night they did us no favors. Um, as far as offensive linemen go, um, they'll pro- I think the Rams will probably be one of the worst uh, offensive line scores in the first week. Um, we had uh, one of uh, both of our Rams wide receivers, which is Van Jefferson and the newcomer mm. to the Rams, Lance McCutcheon, who was lights out in preseason. Neither one of them suited up last night. Um, so it's just like every, everything that could have went wrong last night went wrong. 
<laughs> At least he didn't have Cam Akers. Like imagine like Cam Akers did zero, like three carries last night. I like that would have been the, on top of it. Like if you have Cam Akers, your fantasy football season could not have started off worse. Yeah. I, I think his ADP is like in the, the sixth round right now, fifth, sixth round. And, uh, Henderson's ADP was somewhere in the teens. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's the, the people that were grabbing Henderson in the teens, you know, they're, 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 you know, to the moon right now, but for the guys who spin up for acres, ouch, for sure. Well, and, and that's fantasy, right? Is, you know, you, oh, you have to, you got to ride the waves and, you know, I, I can't remember a couple of years ago when the chief started out, I, I, had Sammy Watkins in my lineup, which tells you how it wasn't that great, but he went off, and that but was sure the only week thing. one. You were great. I'm yeah, week one, week one he probably scored like forty points. That's exactly what happened. He went off, <laughs> and then it was like his stock, his like his uh, production was like the rest of the way. Yeah, and so you Classic know, Sammy, we all think that Cam Akers, well, Cam Akers better end up uh, outproducing, but it's the overreactions of, of week one that you can start freaking out and filing a lawsuit over Cam Akers uh, to, of, of playing time and things like that. That first night, that very first game, and I wish I wish the NFL would go back to double Monday night games because I love that, but that first game is always fun to see the overreactions the next day, especially on social media. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I, can, I can see it now, the amount of... Uh... If you go on sleeper, I would love to see the uh, the minuses on Cam Akers, if that's the thing. <laughs> oh, no kidding. No kidding. Okay, so uh, I want to talk. Um, you're a busy guy, as I mentioned. You design a lot of logos. You did a lot of design work on our Ultimate Crypto Racing Championship, and you mentioned F1. So tell a little bit about the people watching that are racing fans, how cool this is that, that you know, that, that they have an opportunity to, to get involved with and, you know, how fun it is to design those cars. Oh, I, I mean, it, it, it's a blast. You know, it's, it's real tedious, but, you know, the fact that we're going to be having competitions for it and people are going to build it, you know, it just, it's a lot of trial and error when it comes to working with, uh, you know, that program, whether it be uh, the free program GIMP or Photoshop. If you're familiar with Photoshop, you'll definitely have no problem with it. Um, but it's going to be great because you're going to design a, a car for your community and there's a chance that your car could be the design that your community uses in VR one. I mean, how cool is that? Right. Um, you can't, you can't get better than that. Uh, uh, full community involvement. And then also your communities are also going to be looking for drivers, you know, and if, if you have any experience with sim racing, I mean, you, you're automatically going to go to the, the front of the line, you know, you know, this is so cool. I've been uh, I've been so excited about this this project and our college football fantasy league has me watching more and more racing and getting into it. And this is what it does. I mean, fantasy for me is you know, I watch all sports based on my fantasy players. If I don't have somebody in that that particular game, I honestly find I don't have as much interest in it. So this is going to bring real life and blend it with fantasy and virtual reality and, and everything else. So these projects are getting me excited about the real world sports of those. And I think people should be really excited about the opportunity to get the exposure that their projects can get through these vehicles. Pardon the pun. 100%. 100%. And that's what, and you know, that's what we're aiming for. 
you know, when, when this, when this project got brought to us, we, we automatically thought it was a home run, you know, so, and getting the, the amount of community involvement that we're, uh, I mean, community reaction that we're getting from it, it's just outstanding, man. And it it definitely seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm sure looking forward to it. It's it's been a blast uh, just seeing the progress already. Now you're also in a involved in a different kind of racing, and this is a horse racing. And you know this is something that we also uh, are are hoping to plan. There's you know a lot of work goes into this stuff, but you guys are doing something fun in our Telegram group uh, where people can kind of get a feel of of what it's like. First of all, what do you love about uh, the ponies, and how excited are you about this project? Oh, super excited. Super excited. I, so I've been working on fantasy horse racing since about 2017, I want to say, and had a great idea. We started doing it, believe it or not, at my work. And we did it every year for like three or four years and just followed the prep races and everybody, we did a draft and, you know, everybody, we came up with a points, a uh, point system and everything. And basically once I got involved with UFF, all of it kind of just fit the, the way we do our scouting, um, the way we manage teams, everything. I was just like, you know, this, this could be a home run. Uh, for the horse racing fantasy, if if we can make it work on here, and a lot of speed bumps have uh, been hit on this project, I will say that um, when it comes to getting the approval uh, for racing results from the big tracks, um, but the ones we need are, are are on board and they love the idea, and um, we we can't wait to get it going. We're actually going to be starting the uh test league for the mm-hmm. horse race uh for h <laughs> hf or one oh god it's way uh, there's so many you see that every i just said every project that's in right one. that's right <laughs> but ufhr which is ultimate fantasy horse racing uh is starting our test league uh next week and we'll be running our draft we'll probably begin within the next couple of days and then our first prep race will actually be uh, the weekend of the 17th and 18th. So it's right around the corner. And if anyone would like to get um, in on the test leave, if you're interested in trying it out, uh, check us out uh, on our Telegram chat. I'll, I can post that. Um, you can actually follow us on Twitter at mm-hmm. Ultimate Fantasy Horse Racing, and you can uh, direct message me there. And we can get you signed up, and uh, there's no limit to how many stables. So we'll take we're taking on all anybody who wants to be in. Awesome! I, I can't wait for it. Uh, I love going to the track, spending a Saturday uh, down there, and, and being involved in fantasy uh, takes it to 100%. a whole another level. Hey, man! Good luck uh, defending the championship. I'm a defending champion too, so this is a good champion to champion conversation. You know, it takes one to know one. I guess that's right. Know, yeah. Right. No, no, mine's just a 16 team league, not a 32 like yours. I didn't have, you know, and I don't have old linemen. So bravo to you for steering uh, the good ship hey, Legion to a championship. That's, that's right. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And I can't wait to chat with you again. Later, buddy.
Okay, there's Ross Mongru. Uh, he is a design expert, GM of the Legion, champions of the UFAFL. Awesome part. Uh, hey, we asked you about your favorite parts of the season. Arnie says, start of the NHL, start of the UFHL, then favorite part of the season is winning the league. Well, he would know. He did that last year with the Royals. By the way, do you ever get really excited when you get a trade sent to you? Like, I just got a trade sent to me in uh, in hockey. Oh, man. What if I, like, put it up to the camera? You would almost see it. And... No, I can't, I can't. I can't show you the trade that was offered to me. But it gets me really excited. I don't think I'm going to do this trade. There's going to be some back and forth. But do you get really excited when an offer comes in? I do. It's like, oh, action. It's just like when I check Puckpedia every day when Phil Kessel wasn't signed. Every day, refresh, refresh, refresh. So I, th- I think it's kind of cool. It's like you've got trade instead of you got mail. Uh, I like getting those uh, trade requests, and there's been so much wheeling and dealing. Like, we went from 32nd, we rose up. Now we're actually thinking of, you know, maybe selling off a bit again. Hey, you got to go with the market. You got to flow. You got to be flexible. You got to be able to pivot sometimes. It's all about being ahead of the game in fantasy, especially in a league like the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, Duckman's Domination. We're a salary cap league, full 32 rosters, full salary cap, everything. You got to abide like the dude, and you got to make sure you're under the cap. I wasn't. That's why we traded Jakob Silverberg, because we had to get under the cap this year and next year. Bo Horvat's going to need a raise. You always have to be thinking ahead in a salary cap league. And if not, you're done. You're dust. You are toast. If you do not look ahead in a salary cap league. What we've got here is failure to communicate. All right. Duck out for our last uh, commercial uh, break. Last little break. Uh, We don't really run commercials. We will at some point. Uh, But let's see if this will work again. No. I'm going to have to load that up. And uh, what Gabe Davis did last night was predicted two days ago on this program. So when we come back, uh, we will get to games of the night and top shelf fantasy performers from last evening in fantasy baseball. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We're back in a second.
segment of the week coming up on ultimate fantasy sports daily um really fun show uh fun show was this week uh, but a great one today as well we'll be uh, we'll be putting together a little best of the week that we'll be running on uh, saturdays at some point but here is why you should listen and watch this show to help win your league Unfortunately, that is not the right item. I, I, I think like that's strike three. So we're going to, uh, we're going to give that one a rest. I don't know what happened in that transfer, but obviously uh, the, uh, the wrong file was transferred over. So anyway, um, what did we have to get to? We will get to uh, right now uh, top shelf. Oh, actually, you know, this is what we didn't get to finish uh, as we were bringing Ross on. Uh, we're talking about uh, DJ uh, LeMahieu uh, on IL. Nestor Cortez uh, coming back. So at least the Yankees will get their all-star lefty back. Or they did yesterday. Uh, he was out just a little bit more than the 15 days. He had a, a bad groin. And he started well, 12 up, 12 down, got into some trouble, got the hook just short of 60 pitches, but he didn't make any rehab starts in his return. So that wasn't really too much of a surprise. Herman is likely to be the guy out of the rotation with Cortez coming back and Luis Severino uh, supposed to be coming back from his lat strain in the next little while. Uh, As for the Yankees facing the Rays, they will face everybody's favorite wanderer, Mr. Franco. Tampa expected to activate him uh, from the injured list today. It might have already actually, actually happened. He comes back. Uh, he, broke a ham, he broke a bone, his hamate bone, uh, which is in, in the hand, in the uh, final series uh, against the first-place Yankees. So this is so huge. He's been out since July 9th. He tried in mid-August, but was still bothering him, so he had to wait almost three more weeks to get back. Started his rehab assignment on the weekend. Six for 11 since then. So I think he's ready. This is going to be massive for uh, the Rays. They have uh, been good, but... Taylor Walls has not been the answer as far, and nobody expected him to be in replacing Franco, but you just want a little bit of offense. Like, he just can't be all defense. 
The lead is just four and a half games as they start a three-game series. And Wander Franco is coming back. Uh, Freddie Peralta left his start last night in the third inning. The velo was down. His shoulder was sore and tired. And so they're expected to put him on the 15-day IL, which will uh, keep him out of action through September 23rd. He'll only be able to make three more starts during the regular season. That's tough for the Brewers. That is tough. They're losing the NL race to St. Louis, trailing them with eight games, and they're two and a half games out of the wild card spot in the National League behind the Phillies and the Padres. So that's tough. And how about the competition committee needing to vote on changes today? Um, Pitch clock, larger bases, limits on pickoffs, and shifting. And these are all going to go through because MLB has six of the 11 people on the committee, five for the union, one for umpires. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. My favorite thing is, is getting rid of the shift. I absolutely hate it. And I, I'm sorry. I'm not, I think I'd love if every player could hit around the shift, but they can't. And until we start teaching our baseball players, to hit it everywhere instead of just trying to hit it up in the air. The shift is, you know, you can't have the shift. It just, it's, it's baseball's version of the trap. The NHL got rid of the trap. The NHL opened it up. Basketball has opened it up. Football has opened it up. Baseball, get rid of the gosh darn trap. We don't swear. What are we? We will not swear. So I can't wait for them to ban the shift. I am going to pop the biggest uh, champagne bottle you've seen. I am so happy. I hate the shift. And hate is a strong word, but I really do hate the shift. As if the shift kicked my dog. It's the trap. And it sucks. So I I really hope they do end up getting rid of that. Because it has sucked hits out of baseball. And you need entertainment. I watched Kansas City the other night. It was like a cavern. The stadium was empty. I don't know what the attendance was, but 60,000 seat stadiums, when you have 15,000 or 10,000, looks horror awful. So get rid of the trap. There'll be more excitement. People will come back. People do not go to the ballpark to see base hits snagged by three fielders on the right side. They don't. They want to see hits, great defense where you're diving, not hitting it right at a guy. So Major League Baseball is getting it right by getting rid of the shift because their teams have sucked the life out of baseball, and Theo Epstein is trying to fix it. Now, bigger, you might not think bigger bases is going to automatically lead to more steal attempts. But as it goes, you will. Why? Because managers are going to see that you're going to be safe more often because the base is closer to you. So maybe for the first quarter, first half of next season with bigger bases, you might not see steal attempts way up. But as you go, you will. That is only going to increase your fantasy player's value. Stolen bases are a lost art form in fantasy and in regular baseball. So you might see 
as the season goes on, an uptick in that. Because managers are going to say, the base is that much closer to my guy, he can get there. I can't, I, this is the best news I've seen, that they are going to look into getting rid of, like, pitch clock, yeah, we need to shorten up games. I, for me, I, I love sitting at the ballpark, but there's people that are not going to watch baseball if it continues to be too long. We've known that for a long time. Limits on pickoffs, I, I don't like because you're just giving the runner an advantage. Once they know you can't pick them off anymore, they'll go halfway out. What are you going to do? I do not like limiting pickoffs, but I do love limiting the shift. Ban the shift. Please. Please get rid of it. Okay, before we get to top performers, we have our first ever matchup in the Ultimate Fantasy Women's Basketball Association. This is very, very cool. Uh, oh, actually, I, I thought we had a, uh, a graphic for that, but doesn't look like we do, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, give me a second, and I will get this loaded up uh, because this is really exciting. We started the Ultimate Fantasy Women's Basketball Association, and uh, I've been getting excited uh, about how these playoffs have been going. I mean, Chelsea Gray's uh, game the other day, it was next level. It was literally next level. So now we have the final. The Sparrows are moving on as the number four seed overall. They took out the Aurora, the number one seed, behind another huge performance from their stars, Candace Parker, Courtney Vandersloot. 579-516 was the final in favor of the Birds. They'll face the Bull City Blazers. The Blazers, they're coming in hot. They're also moving on as the second seed, beating the Diamond Arrows, the number three seed, despite the Arrows getting big performances from John Quell Jones, Kalia Copper, and Alyssa Thomas in Gay 5. Final score, much tighter, 877 to 776.5 in favor of the Blazers. First game of the UFWBA Finals is on Sunday afternoon. Shoa Lee has done a fantastic job with that. All right, let's get to some top shelf fantasy performers from last night. And Corbin Burns of the Brewers with a big 24 point night. Um, unfortunately for uh, the Prairie Wheat Sox, uh, who have uh, Corbin Burns. One of their players uh, gave up a couple of long balls as a pitcher, and they got docked for it. So, tough one uh, for the Wheat Sox. The Prairie Wheat Sox, one of the best logos. But Burns, last night for the Brewers, uh, who, as mentioned, don't have Peralta, went eight strong, so he gets the quality start because he only gave up one earned run, three hits, also picks up the win, and struck out 14. Ooh, doggy. 0.375 whip. That was pretty impressive. Uh, a lot of the uh, pitchers, Dylan Cease actually also had a pretty good night. 18 and a half points. This one came in late uh, against the A's. That's why I didn't have it. But Cease went six innings, gets the quality start with the win, just gives up three hits, no earned runs, and a uh, obviously ERA of no uh, none, and a 0.833 whip. 
That's pretty impressive. Uh, the rest of the guys, though, on this list were hitters. And Johan Moncada of the White Sox and Orbit leading the way with a 23-point night. Five for six. Three runs, two home runs, five RBIs. 2.833 OPS. How about Yadier Molina? We were talking, oh, Yadier, sorry, is uh, of the Reapers. And we were talking about uh, Molina yesterday on the show when he hit two home runs during the game. His 324th with battery mate Adam Wainwright. So Wayne Lena went off yesterday for a 16-point game. Uh, two home runs, two for four, two runs, three RBIs, 2.5 OPS. And Romy Gonzalez of the Warhawks, a 13-point night. He goes four for five, three runs scored thanks to a home run and three RBIs. He also struck out one, so that's a little bit less. 2.40 for Mr. Gonzalez. All right. That is a wrap for this week. What a fun, fun uh, week we had. If you missed any of our shows this week, check them out on YouTube. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. You can also find all of our programs in audio format. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Here's how you can get a hold of us on Twitter, at UFS Network or at UFF Sports at UFF Sports Official on Instagram. The website is uffsports.com, and if you'd like to send us an email, it's info at uffsports.com. Thanks so much for joining us uh, this week. It's been a lot of fun. A big thanks to Jamie Thomas, executive producer of our Twitch channel, for lining up some incredible guests. We'll try to keep it going, and we will be back on Monday. Have yourself a wonderful, fun, and safe weekend, everybody. Especially be safe out there. Thank you very much. Take care, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.